or having communion. I would like to ask a question, however, before we go to the table. Anybody know what is a goat? What is a goat? I used to think, as I learned, that a goat is a, uh, yes, <laughs> is an animal like this, this tall, that go, meh, meh, you know. That's what I thought was a goat. Until years, you know, a couple years ago, I heard people talking, who is the goat? I say, who is the goat? And if you're following basketball, you know, we are in the NBA finals, and some of you are very sad because <laughs> they're sweeping LeBron, and, and you don't like that. Look at the faces they're giving me. A bunch of LeBron fans here. Uh, I, I don't mind for the Lakers. Never been a West Coast fan ever since the 80s. So I don't mind them being out. But uh, the big discussion was, who was the GOAT? So I asked somebody, what does GOAT mean? What do you mean a, what, what do you mean a GOAT? said, the greatest of all times. Who is the greatest of all times? So they start comparing, you know, players from the past, from the 70s, you know, Will Chamberlain and Dr. J, and then from the 80s, then you have the... Um, all of those players that I don't remember, Magic, Bird, then the 90s came Jordan, and all of those, so who is the greatest? So of course, let's try to compare the style of players back then, the way they played, the game was played, ver, ver, versus always played to, um, today, and it's really hard to compare. I think that today, though, the person with more assists that have the biggest record is LeBron James? Huh? Of course. <laughs> in LeBron James. He has the greatest record so far in the NBA. You know, that night when the, the Lord Jesus had supper with his disciples, they had that discussion. They wanted to know who was the greatest. Go in your Bible to Luke chapter 22, is the word please. Luke chapter 22. That night there were so many events that happened that one can highlight. Um, highlight, but I want to highlight this one because Jesus is going to take an opportunity to teach them a lesson, a lesson that we must be reminded today also. Luke 22, verse 24, he says, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, 
and the leader as one who serves. Here you have the disciples doing this last week in the in the life of Jesus, in fact, last day, arguing among themselves, who is the greatest? Who is number one? Of course, they were oblivious of what was about to happen that very same night. They were oblivious that that very same night they were going to come and take their Lord, their teacher. But Jesus knew what was about to happen. And he's going to take the opportunity to taught them a very important lesson. One so important that is also important for us to remember, to practice. Follow me. He's going to do something so radical. Synthesis. So radical that no one expected. No one of his disciples expected. Because it was not common for a teacher or a master to do such a thing. They wanted to be or know who was the greatest. And here, the greatest one, God himself, their teacher, is going to do something to them that is going to mark them forever. And also mark the relationship between us believers as brothers and sisters and the way we relate to each other. Jesus, the Bible says, go to John chapter 13, if you would please. Jesus is going to gird up his garments. He's going to take a towel. And as they're sitting around the table, actually lying down, this is actually fancy. Their feet were exposed. And it was customary there in those days that when you go to a home, when you as a visitor, it was coming that the master of the house they would send one of his servants to take your sandals off, not these nice leather shoes, and wash your feet. That job was the lowest of the lowest job in the house that a servant could do. The man of the house, the lord of the house, will not do it. Certainly not the wife or the children, but it will be done by a servant. In John chapter 13, the Bible says the following. I'm guessing you're there already. Let 
Jesus told his disciples. Beginning with verse 2. During supper, when the devil had already put in it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the, that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper, and he lay aside his other garments and, taking a towel, tied it among his waist, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. It came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what am I doing? You do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, You have no chair with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bath does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his other garments and resumed his place, he said unto them, Do you understand what I have done to you? Do you understand what I have done to you? Here is the Lord washing their feet one by one. And they might standing in amaze at what he's doing. Asking themselves, why is he doing this? The thing is though, the disciples were there. Jesus were the teacher. It would have been proper for one of them to do it. But no one was thinking and doing it. No one thought about this. But here you have the master lowering himself To doing what the lowest you know, servant of the home will do. They kind of tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the other one you do. <laughs> Thank you. He asked them, do you understand why I'm doing this? They've just been bickering about who's supposed to be the greatest. Do you understand, he says. When Peter came up to him and said, you will not wash my feet. And Jesus said, if if I cannot wash you, you can have no part with me. All that symbolism, all that example, tell us about what Jesus had mentioned before, and to them, and to us, 
in the New Testament, how it is important for us as believers how to treat one another, how to love one another. You see, in those days, you wear a sandal, and when you walk through the streets of Palestine, they were nice, they, they weren't these nice paved streets that we have today with sidewalks. They were dirt, filth. All the animals would walk through those streets, and, you know, er- everything that the animal does would stay on the ground. And as you walk with sandals, it's inevitable that some of that felt will get on your feet. Thank you. I hope I don't break it. There you go. Thank you. Some of that filth will go on your feet. The same way us as believers... Once we have trusted Jesus as our Savior, we are completely clean. We are completely washed. Aren't you happy that once you trusted Jesus, you are saved once for all? All your sins are taken care of. Your salvation is complete. Our salvation is complete. There's no need, no more sacrifice. Prophecy is fulfilled, but isn't it true that even as believers, as we walk through this world, some of the filth and desire of this world can stick to us? And we need daily to be washed. The Bible says in the book of Philip and in the book of Ephesians that Jesus wants to present himself a church, a pure, a holy church, and he purify her with the water of The word. Through the word of God and prayer, we got to watch ourselves every day from the filth of this world. Folks, I guarantee there are certain things you and I do not allow in our homes to come in or to be said or to be practiced. But even if... Isn't it true that it gets harder and harder to find a movie that, is, can, that you can sit down and watch without a foul language or something popping out there that you go like, oh. And it comes in. The type of music that we listen to. Filth comes in. So we need that daily watching. He asks them, do you understand what I did? Going back to there to chapter 13, in verse 13, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also are to watch one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. You see, from the beginning, from the prophet, he was prophesied that the son of God, the son of man, Jesus, the Messiah, he was coming, but he was coming as a servant. He was coming as a servant. Go if you would please to Isaiah chapter 42 verse 11, verse 1. 
in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nation. Chapter 53, same book of Isaiah. Verse 11. Chapter 53, verse 11. Oh, that the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteousness. Jesus, the servant. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he told his disciples, I am not come to be served, but to serve. To serve. And if the righteous one, the holy one, the real greatest one was able to humble himself in that way. And by the way, what happened that night was just the foreshadow of what was going to happen the next day. The maximum example of obedience and humbleness when Jesus God, when Jesus the Lord allowed himself to go to the cross. They just saw a glimpse. But if he was able to do that, what he's telling them is I'm able to do this for you, then you are able to take up the garbage when your wife asks you to. No amens, but that's okay. You are able to clean your room when your parents ask you to. You are able to treat others as a servant because you see, the greatest in his kingdom is the one who serves. The greatest in God's kingdom is the one who serves. And that night, the disciples got that lesson. How to be a servant. What does it mean to be a servant? Is I this to you, you can do it to each other. There's many verses, passages in scripture where it talks about the one another. And how a relationship is connected to Jesus and how I supposed to serve you and we supposed to serve one, one another. In the same book of John, in the same chapter 13, if you go back in verse 34 and 35. That night he said, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Not by the size of the church. Not by the beauty of the building. Not because of the amount of activities. Not because of the choir or the music. All that can be good. But Jesus said, 
For this, through this, all we know that you are my disciple is you have love one for another. Love one for another. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Let's begin in verse 9, actually. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Adhor what is evil, all fast to what is good. Love one, another, love one another with brotherly affection. Oh, do one another in showing honor. Oh, do one another in showing honor. In other words, we got to got a competition in this place. Among ourselves. Who can show more love to another? Let's see who win that one. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be great. What can I do for, for you? And he said, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to do for you. How can I help you? No, no, no. How can I help you? Not so much give me, give me or take from each other, but giving to each other. And I may say this, you know, there, we are many husbands and wives and, and sisters and brothers and, and, and fathers and sons and daughters here. Our primary relationship is not of the carnal relationship, but of the spiritual relationship. If your spouse is a believer, that's not just your wife. That's your sister in Christ. That's your brother in Christ. Children, don't just look at your parents as mom and dad. That's your brother in Christ. That's your, that's your sister in Christ. And all these one another also apply within the family, within that relationship, within the household. In fact, perhaps there is where it's learned first. Right there in the book of Romans, in verse 16, chapter 12, verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of everyone, in the sight of all. One of the passages, just before we go to the table, That put us, that put on the spot the example of Jesus Christ is in Philippians chapter 2. When it does the contrast as the example that we are to follow. When he said that we ought to have this mind that is in Christ. The one, the greatest of all, that gave us the greatest example. 
And there in Philippians, where Paul is writing to that church in chapter 2, and you know this passage, you read in verse 1, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You see, the natural man could never live up or strive in this. The only reason we can do it is because of Jesus Christ. The only reason you can follow that example is because of Jesus Christ. Jesus taught his disciples not to seek the high places, not to seek to be with those that are the important ones, not, not to seek to be seen. Totally contrary to what culture is today. Everyone wants to be seen. Everyone wants to be noticed. Everyone looking for the light. Everyone wants to do something ridiculous, stupid to go viral. All of a sudden, everybody's famous because of TikTok. Everybody's a movie star. All the attention, all the focus on me. Jesus said no. No. Esteem others higher than yourself. And that could be your wife, your husband, your father, your mother, your children, your fellow brothers and sisters. Esteem others higher than yourself. Years ago when we went into the ministry, almost 20 years ago, to the country of Venezuela, um, the idea was to go for one year. So Miss Julia could learn the language, could learn Spanish, and then returned to Bayonne, New Jersey. Well, that one year changed into almost eight years or seven years plus till this day. But because we were only going for one year, uh, we tried to rent a home that was furnished so we don't invest in buying furniture, a lot of money, and so on. We rented this house from some fellow believers that have a nice big house, and it was, it was furnished, and they were moving out. They said, we will leave all the furniture, the rent will be so, so much, so I made the budget, we made the budget, and we're going to go. And the, the, the first trip we went out of the U.S. together, Julia and I was Venezuela. We took her to see the place and see the house, and it was okay. But there was a lady that worked at the house. That lady, her name was Marisol. It's Marisol, she's still alive. And she was the helper in, 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 in the house. We never had a helper in our life. These are our helpers, okay? <laughs> That's it. 
But when we were renting the house, they asked us, could you please keep her on? Because this is the only job she has and was very hard to find a job. And Julie and I, we were like, eh, having somebody in the house, we never had that. Well, we, so we were there that day, and oh my goodness, we left indignant. That poor lady, she was about my age. And the people that lived in the house, this Christian, every single thing was Marisol. The door ring, Marisol. The phone ring, Marisol. The government, Marisol, Marisol. And Marisol was all over the place. And we were like, wow, this is horrible. So we got there, and I remember one of the first things Julia did. She told Marisol, I'm cooking, praise God. I'm doing the cooking. <laughs> you don't have to cook. Because you have to be there from 7 in the morning, prepare breakfast, then do lunch, then do dinner, clean, clean the house, wash their clothes, do everything in the house. Said, don't worry about it. I'm going to do the cooking. The first day Julian prepared the meal, we sat at the table, Elizabeth was there, and David were there. Hannah was just, a, was just like a thought in the future. <laughs> and we sat at the table, and we waiting, where's Marisol? Where's Marisol? I stood up, Marisol was in the kitchen, sitting in the kitchen. I said, Marisol, come on. Dinner is served, come and eat with us. Lunch is served. Come and eat with us. She said, oh, no, no, no. I eat here. I said, what? No, you come, you're going to eat with us. That she was so embarrassed because she was trained to be in her place. That was sad because you were working for Christians, supposedly. Well, Marisol grew to be part of the family. The years where they love her children, very loyal servant, hardworking lady, hardworking. But she saw a different picture, thank God, from us. The highest position in the kingdom of God is to be a servant. Is to be a servant. And that is what Jesus was telling his disciples. You want to be number one, you're going to be the last. Folks, whether it's here or at home or at work or wherever God put us in our ministry and all those are ministries, let us strive to be like Jesus, to be, the, to be number one, but the Jesus way. To strive to be number one, yes, but the Jesus way. And that's just one of the things that happened 